Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. All right, Ashley, it is time to break down episode two of this season of The Bachelorette. There are some shocking parts to this episode. I want to start by asking if you agree or disagree with me. Uh, I have a thought after two episodes, so my sample base is very small. I feel as I watch this... <laughs> that this feels more like a throwback season, like more a vintage bachelorette bachelor than how we've kind of gone about the show in the last maybe five years. Even though we have two bachelorettes, I watch this and I'm like, this kind of feels like a season that I'm going to get really into again. Well, why? Well, I, I think we have some very interesting contestants, I think is one um, that some we're going to really root for some, uh, we're really going to root against, not to completely uh, skip over this whole episode. I do feel like they've gotten rid of, or they're going to get rid of the more villainous characters very quickly. Like right now, they're like 
kind of like in and out, which kind of happened in the past. They weren't That's around. That's what happened for, with Katie and Michelle season. Uh huh. Um, and then I also am finding the uh, dynamic between Rachel and Gabby very interesting. They they are very supportive of each other. Uh, there were some odd moments that we we'll get to during the episode where like they have a guy come over and they're both sitting there. That's weird to me, but. I think getting to know them better has been really fun, but I think they're just going to go about this process very differently. So we're kind of getting two seasons all in one. We're we're going to agree with one lead. We're going to disagree with the other. That might switch back and forth over the season. I just feel like now I'm kind of like engaged more than I was in the past where the villain took up all the screen time, was always on the episode. The drama was always at the forefront. And that just got annoying and hard to watch. Now I feel like most of this this episode, at least, was their own journey, struggling through who to send home, who not to send home, and also dealing with conflict, which used to be the storylines of the past. Yeah, that was really well put. I really have enjoyed as well. Um, both girls, I find, are equally compelling to watch, and it's just nice. It's just nice having variety. So yeah. let's talk about the moments that really stood out to us. So it starts with them like basically needing to get to know all 28 remaining guys. So a ton. You could call this, you call this a group date or you just call this like Rose cocktail party part two. It's yucky outside. They wanted to have a pool party, but then they decided to kind of bring the pool party inside and see what these guys can do in Speedos while having a talent show. The moment that stands out to me most during this part was Jacob being hilarious, comes up looking like his standard Tarzan, swivels a chair around, puts glasses on and goes, let me tell you about, you know, how to get the best mortgage. That was a good laugh. Loved that. The guys, um, they were fun. They were lighthearted. And uh, I, they all appeared quite likable in this moment. What do you think? I think they were too. I mean... So far, other than, you know, Chris's little mishap, I don't, not little mishap, I think he meant what he said because he kind of doubled down on it. But everybody else I'm I'm finding to be very likable. Uh, like guys that you're like, I could root for you or I, I, I enjoy watching you interact. So yes, I agree with that. Okay. So then they just say that they're going to bring the guys that they are most interested in getting to know better based on the talent show over to their house. And that is what I love. I love it when they make it seem a little bit more grounded, down to earth, bring them over to their house. That's cool. I like the way they're utilizing the girl's house. I like the way that with uh, the Nate date, Gabby brought him over like some morning mimosas. And then they, they, go and off and do their date thing. But it's like, okay, why don't you come over for a minute before we do the thing? And that seems more real life. I, I, you didn't, did you find that to be a weird moment though? I'm watching You think it. it's weird because like Gabby and, and Rachel are both there? Yeah, I think it's super weird. I don't weird. think it's weird. I don't know. It feels like a roommate situation. I feel like the guys that they're taking on dates this week, the two of them particularly, there were definitely guys... Like Nate was there for Gabby and Jordan was there for Rachel. I don't think that they're like guys are competing over. If there was a guy that they were competing over, like Mario at this point, then that would be really awkward. Okay, but am I missing this that I don't know where we found out who's into who? Like, are we just getting this through passive like sentences being shared? 
I don't feel like there's a clear boundary. I didn't know Nate was only into Gabby. Okay, I'll say you're right. I don't know about the Nate and Gabby sitch. I was just vibing that. I think it was like expected of us to kind of vibe that. But, but I'm not Jordan, okay with that. How am I supposed to no, know? Okay, fine. <laughs> but didn't you know that Jordan was for yeah, Rachel? He said okay. it. It yeah. made it. I mean, he made it clear that he was there for Rachel. So yes, that makes more sense. But I don't know where Nate fully stands. Maybe he said it and I missed it. Uh, but I don't know where he like confidently stands right now. And so then he shows I guess up. You're right. They're like dating roommates, which I mean has yeah, happened. But it, didn't, it didn't feel awkward to me. Well, because they tried to both not make it feel awkward. They both were like, "This is weird," but let's act like we we're having a good time and like catching up with each other but it's weird and i mean i think if rachel was into him we would have heard a soundbite of rachel being like i'm into him and this is weird well and rachel kind of said hey i see the relationship that gabby and nate are having and it wish i wish it was kind of that way with jordan or whatever so we are getting the hints of it but if this is how the whole season is gonna go where we're like not really getting who's into who i'm gonna be so confused there's way too many dudes for me to keep track of I'm going to get so lost in this whole thing. And at some point, there's going to be a guy that goes on a date with Gabby that Rachel's into. And I'm going to miss that whole storyline because I'm not going to know know the backstory. I want it clear. I need I need clear cut. We'll eventually get clear cut. I think the only one that we really see seriously overlapping is I know to jump to the end of the episode, but it's Mario. There's just no way, Ashley. Like, I cannot get behind the idea that Mario's the only guy they're going to compete after. There's got to be a lot of dudes in that house. They're both like eyeing right now. Like right now we only see Mario really being that person, but there's got to be a ton more. I mean, there's just no way like you would just believe with that many dudes, both these women are going, I like him and I like him. And she, and the guys right now are going, Hey, I haven't got to talk to either of them yet. So I don't even know what I'm into. I mean, let's go back to where we left off. The guys get invited to Gabby and Rachel's house. And that includes Logan and Johnny and um, Brandon, Avon, Jason, and Colin. So in that date, what's sticking out to me is Johnny and Logan because Logan kisses both of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time we see this. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's a little sad, yeah, because she was hoping that he was just kind of showing her attention. This is, I mean, okay. So let's pause here. For everybody listening, we have the first group date. Logan kisses both of them. I watch it and I go, "Bad move, Logan." And then I take a step back and go, "Is it a bad move? Is is this? I don't know. Is it disrespectful?" Is it leading one of them on? Is this just kind of the nature of the environment and it's going to have to be this way? Then I had to go, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I'm not going to like hate on Logan for doing this because I don't know what's right and wrong right now in this scenario. Gabby said she felt her heart drop because she felt like she had a connection with him. And I was like, this is the moment we've been waiting for. If this is what I asked the girls last week. I was like, was there a time where you were yeah. like, oh, do you like him? I like him, blah, blah, blah. That where you're like, oh, God, she kissed him. So they did experience that. Eventually, Rachel gives her rose to Logan and Gabby gives her rose to Johnny. But I definitely think that Logan is somebody who is just 
up in the air. It's probably, like, this is what's awkward. And this is what Caitlin said this week. Caitlin Bristow said, like, it kind of is making her sick seeing the two bachelorettes. Because eventually, it will be up to the guys to choose which one. Mm. And it will be a choice that the men ultimately make. Because what, because Gabby and Rachel both seem to have interest. So what, Gabby and Rachel going to convene and say... Yeah. Okay, I like him, but how much do you like him? I think I like him a lot. Okay, well, I like. Him. I think I like him a medium amount. You know, no, it's gonna be the guy's decision. No, it's true. I mean, I. Th- I mean, it's gonna have to be both, right? Both pe- both sides are gonna have to agree to this. I mean, if Logan continues to make their hearts drop and get them get sad, I mean, he ain't gonna be around a while. Like, I just can't imagine they're both like, yeah, this is cool and worth it. And so somebody's going to lose out, either Logan or one of the girls that really like Logan. I do feel like it's going to get messy. And that's why I said I want it clear cut, Ashley. Like, I want a clear, like, I want to know who's into who and who's going to date who. You're going to have to wait a few weeks, Ben. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of damage done before that few weeks. Like, I'm I'm not disagreeing with Caitlin where it's like it's it kind of makes me feel sick because I can't hate on Logan for doing what he did. Like, it's he's dating two people at once. They both know he's dating two people at once. They're all trying to figure it out. So I cannot say I cannot hate on him for his decision. I can't say that was a bad decision. I just said when I watch it, it does make me feel confused. Maybe not sick to my stomach. I think Caitlin probably has a little more of a visceral like yeah. reaction to this because she's experienced this uh, in in her you know time on The Bachelorette. But I do get confused. And confusion is not good for me when I watch TV. I'm confused half of my life, most of my days. When I watch TV, I don't want confusion. I want it very clear. You don't, you, confusion may not be the right word for you. You don't want an emotional conflict. No, I don't want emotional conflict. You understand conflict. what's going on. You just feel bad for what's going on. Yeah, I feel terrible. This sucks for, for, for really all sides. I mean, you know, we can, we can put these guys and say, hey, we, we really are upset that ultimately it's going to become their choice, right? Well, they didn't necessarily agree to that at the beginning, but it's just the way this whole format's going to play out. We can also feel bad for the women and say, hey, they're going to be probably disappointed and they're probably going to have moments of conf- like chaos and uh, confusion themselves on how to navigate this. Well, that's part of being the lead, but it's not what they signed up for at the beginning or maybe as they said it was because they didn't know who was going to be the bachelorette and they didn't even know both of them were going to be the bachelorette until the night of... I'm confused even speaking right now. I'm word vomiting because I don't, I can't make sense of this yet. However, I go back to what I said at the beginning. I am intrigued. I am interested. And that's going to keep me watching. Yeah. I agree with Caitlin though. Okay. Fair. They keep saying they're not going to put them against each other. And as supportive as they are, somebody, somebody is going to be more hurt throughout this process, I think. And then I think it's going to beg the question at the end of the season depending on, you know, how it all unfolds. Was it worth having two bachelorettes? Mm. Would it have been less hurtful to one of them if one of them was the lead? Well, I say this. And after our interview with them, which you can tune into, it's posted on the Almost Famous. Oh, you say they both seem happy. I say, and I retaliate. No, that's not what I was going to say. No? It's not what okay, I was going to say. What I was going to say is uh, the show itself, as a, as a holistic entity, is very lucky they have Gabby and Rachel because if they had any two people, men or women less supportive of each other and less wanting to do this thing well to support each other and to see both people be happy at the end, it would have really gotten 
ugly fast and it would have backfired fast. And I think it would have backfired starting like week two and all we would have been watching is people getting hurt the whole time, both sides, the leads and the contestants. Instead, we got to give a lot of credit in this situation to Gabby and Rachel for when these situations come up, they look at each other, they talk it out, they have the understanding, they have the respect, they have the care for each other to know that this is just the way it's going to be for a bit. Like it or not, it's the way it's going to be. And so can we do this thing and love each other through the process? And so far, so far, and if I had to put money down on it, I'd say it's going to ex- continue to exist for the rest of the season. They have done a tremendous job, the two of them, of being there for each other, even when things are super awkward. To say what I said last week, they're way better than I. <laughs> I could never do this yeah. with as much compassion and support. Yeah. I know myself well enough that like, I'd put myself first. These yeah. girls are putting each other first. And this is a friendship that's only been in existence for less than a year. Yeah, That is something. That is some true, true love. You know, that's, yeah. that's true love. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. But, and I have to say, I'm not like, I don't want to say that I'm like not liking the format. Cause I do. I just am, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried yeah. for them. I'm worried that this is sort of like a woman against woman thing at the end. Hmm. But I'm still enjoying watching two leads because I like the variety of it. Continuing, continuing. Yeah. So there's a big moment in this episode. We're going to flash forward now to away from the Logan and away from the group date uh, situation where they dressed up in Speedos and showed off, which would have been my worst nightmare, especially in a room. I've said it many times full of just absolutely jack dudes. Um, We saw a little bit of the personalities kind of come out. Uh, we obviously saw Chris's come out at that point, And I think there was some like, oh, this feels like a little odd uh, to be saying on your first group date that like you're there to motivate and you're the leader and you're the, the, the head dude here. I mean, that was just like, ah, okay. So we get to the next scene, which is Rachel's very first one-on-one. It's with uh, somebody who I think had a lot of fan support. He's a good looking dude. He seemed very nice. He seemed uh, very, I don't want to use the word, normal because I don't know if anybody's just like normal but he just seemed like a somebody you would want to get to know better he's a race car driver his name is Jordan mm, I loved uh, him I thought he was so sweet so yeah cute. There was like very this nice sweet. demeanor about him so they go on a one-on-one date they have a lot of fun I'm watching this whole date and I'm like this guy is gonna be around a while he has the first one-on-one they're making out in zero gravity they're you know having a blast then they go to dinner and he starts opening up and sharing his story This is where I'll pass it off to you, Ashley, because things didn't go uh, as expected. And the Bachelor Nation social media following reacted strongly, to say the least. Oh, please, please inform me. I was I was at Audrey's and not keeping up Uh, with the social media component. Um, People were sad that he's gone. Mad. Angry. Mad he's gone. Yeah. Like your first big controversy. No, we see controversy for the leads. That's this whole season. This is something that will come and go very quickly. People will forget as soon as the season progresses. But at least for this episode, as we sit here and talk about it, Bachelor Nation was very disheartened that he went home. They also felt, and this is where I'd like you to speak to this, they also felt like uh, he got a raw into the deal because he opened up about his life and then was kind of sent home following and like what he felt about that, what he thought about it. A lot of it was poor Jordan. Uh, I feel bad for Jordan. That was kind of the the sentiment. 
He was awkward talking about the family issues, a little cryptic about it. It was like he was holding back a little bit. But then again, you want to keep your family shit private, right? So you can't really fault him for that, especially this early on in the process. If that was the kind of, you know, vague conversation that he had a couple weeks in, then you could be like, oh, he's struggling to open up. I'm not connecting. I get it. But it was weird because it seemed like they were having flirtatious conversation, chemistry in the zero gravity thing. And then they sit down to dinner and all of a sudden it's gone. I felt like she should have chalked it up to it being like him being awkward, him being nervous and him just starting to get used to this whole thing and kept him around a little bit longer Keep him around, even if it's just one or two more weeks. You had that great moment night one. Yeah. Thought he was adorable. I was excited selfishly to watch him because I, as a viewer, just felt connected to him. It is disappointing he's not going to be around. I would say he should be a, a shoe in for paradise. Well, yeah, that he will be. I mean, he should be. But the the thing here. I mean, I've gone through this process, as everybody knows. And I, I, it's so early on. You don't know much about any of these people yet. And everybody's still very nervous. If Caitlin Bristow would have sent me home because I was awkward, well, I would have been going home every day for the first two weeks of this show. Look at Colton and Hannah Brown. She had the <laughs> most awkward first date. So weird. And so there is this level when you're the lead that you have to ask yourself, okay, am I into this person? And as Rachel was saying, she she found him interesting, but her gut was telling her that he wasn't the one. Okay, cool. But this is week two. You almost want to keep your strongest connections alive for as long as possible so that when you're down to the end in the final six and you're traveling the world together and you're going on these full-day dates and you're seeing them every like two days, that you have the people there that at least you enjoy being around. You mean your like initial first yeah, you, you, gravitational pulls. <laughs> you yes. know, you said you said you're strong attract you just said you're strong um connections. Well she was saying I'm not I'm feeling a strong, strong att- yeah. attra- a connection. However, it was one of those moments where at first there she was did. that thing. So keep the, the keep those people around for a little long longer. You have this. to. That's kind of yeah. the the art of the rose ceremony is when you get asked, who are you sending home tonight before you walk out, then you go through it. And if there's a big group, you're trying to send home the people that uh, there is no pull towards. Like yeah, that's kind of the first it. few weeks, like zero. Like you, it's not she, a physical attraction. It's not an emotional. She had a physical attraction to him. So you got to keep him around, in my opinion. Yeah. You just have to. I think, I think at some point we're going to look back and be like, yeah, Jordan could have been in the sixth spot, fifth spot, spot whatever. But she sent him home. Shockingly to the audience, shocking to him. Do you know what I was so wanting in this moment? And I'll say this, a little confused. Okay. She's like, I'm not going to give you this rose. So my thought was, well, does he get to go back to the house and try things with Gabby? Oh. Or is it because he said, episode one, I'm here specifically for you, that him not getting a rose on that date meant immediate elimination? Oh. Jeez, yeah, you're right. As a contestant, the little hint You would know have been, he was thinking it. Yeah, the little hint would be leave your options wide open for as long as possible now. Because, yeah, yeah if you go on a date with one and, you, you know, the show doesn't know who you're really into, 
Maybe you can go back home. Because you okay. would think if Gabby yeah. had any interest in, in Jordan, that she, like, Rachel would have also had to talk to Gabby and be like, is it cool if we send him home? I think there's a missing piece there. I bet you something like that was filmed, some sort of powwow. I was so weirded out when she was like, can I walk? But then again, no, there wasn't. No, there I mean, wasn't. Was like a because phone call. she said, yeah, unless there was a phone call. Because she said, can I walk you out? Yeah. And I was like, are you walking him out to go back to the mansion to maybe sort these things out? Like, what if um, Rachel had Logan or Mario on the date? And if she said, hey, I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to give you this rose. I think those guys would have gone back to the house. Yeah. Let's I don't know. There's a missing this. piece. I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, I guess I, I. I don't fully understand where, how this works yet. Uh, because I think it was shocking that Jordan just is gone. He's out of there. Gabby has no uh, shot with him. He's and, so adorable. I really did want to eh, see. We'll more see of more him. of him. We'll see more. He's of him. adorbs. Okay, so on to the second one-on-one date. Then. Gabby's time, and she invites Nate. Date card says meet at, uh, meet me at my place. P.S. Bring a bathing suit. Nate shows up to Gabby's place where Rachel is at. We just talked about it. Kind of, I felt like it was awkward. You felt like it was, ah, whatever. It's kind of how it has to be. A little weird. Okay, fine. It was, I, I think you think it was weird and I thought it was fine. Yeah. I would love to know what the general consensus was. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So... The next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level. With their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turn my bathroom into a spa. 
You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair teas on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. And really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I said it, my bathroom smells like a spa. I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Okay, so then they go in a helicopter and fun helicopter bachelor date. With, with Gabby, is anything going to be awkward? Like She just seems like she's out to have fun and really is like not taking anything seriously. Yeah. I know she is taking it seriously, but when she's out on a date, like I feel like she could just enjoy time with anyone. Oh, yeah, because I think she's one of those people that just, you know, keeps it lighthearted for as long as she can until a moment where, and we see it with, you know, the show, at some point, you know, she it's going to get very serious. But until then... She seems like a great time, like a really good person to hang out with and have fun with. Nate was nervous. I don't know if you could tell in his voice, but he kind of was like, had that like little like stuttery voice going on. And she he repeated himself too. Yeah. Okay. And she immediately kind of calmed his nerves and made him feel super comfortable there, which is great because there is a lot of Nate that we want to see. So, Ashley, what did you think about them date playing out? They went to the helicopter ride. They landed. They got in a hot tub, shockingly. Uh, <laughs> this is the classic bachelor date. Helicopter and hot tub. 
Yeah. So what did you think about the date? Is there a connection there? Uh, is there something serious? Is Nate one to watch? Nate's definitely one to watch. I think he's very, I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's like, I actually need like comparisons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I need these girls to like really super connect with somebody. So I know what the threshold is so that I can then put, I could compare connections amongst like the highest of the high, right? Yeah. Well, right now it's Tino, but Tino obviously exactly. because he has Tino. a good connection. We didn't he, see anything from him. Yeah, he disappears for like the next three weeks and then he'll pop yeah. up again. Exactly. What stood out about Nate's date was obviously him getting emotional talking about his daughter who's yeah. six. And there's a video out there of him braiding her hair and it's absolutely adorable. And Gabby. She, you know, was very accepting of the fact that she he has a daughter and she loved the way he talked about her. But there's not much to say beyond that, do you feel? Uh, I would only say there's something to watch, not watch out for in the sense of it's bad, but watch out for where Gabby, I, uh, you know, I don't know if she considered the fact that from this experience she would, you know, potentially be a mom very soon after. I think that's something that is going to be a storyline to follow. Is Gabby ready? to walk out of this and take on a child. Um, some from the franchise have been. That's awesome. Some from the franchise haven't been. That's great too. But yeah. it's just a storyline to follow is where is Gabby at in her process of, you know, working, you know, on a relationship with Nate while at the same time knowing that if they are together, she could be a mom very soon. So something to follow, something to watch. Well, uh, Nate gets the rose, goes back to the house. It's now time... For the final rose ceremony, or not the final, but the rose ceremony of the, the first, first ro- the first yeah. rose ceremony, they have a cocktail party. Uh, we've gotten to see bits and pieces of Chris. I think that's one thing that we should just kind of gloss over. We've talked about it, but Chris at this point is kind of mentioning how he believes he's going to be there on the final four. He just knows he is. He's saying this to all the guys, and that he is setting stipulations, uh, which we've seen in the past also. That if she, if any of the women that he's with sleeps with somebody else in the fantasy suite, he, it's a no-go for him. Uh, we're in week two, barely week two. We're kind of like what week one and a half because they've never had a rose ceremony. They've just now all started to talk to the people, to the, to the women. And he's making these pretty strong claims on how it's going to go for him. This is his experience, which, hey, it is two sides. But at this point, slow your roll, buddy. Also, don't tell a bunch of dudes who are also trying this process out that you're going to be there in the final four because that's never a good look. I don't love his demeanor. I do think he comes across condescending. I yeah. think it's. I think he should not be talking about himself per se in that top four position. So now, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think, and maybe I'm going to get shit for this, but I think it was maybe a little bit of an overreaction on everybody's part mm. um, that he was talking about how he would deal with fantasy suites. Okay. Like I, like I said, like his tone. Yeah. Not, not the most likable. I get it. But, but I think it's fine for us to talk about how you would hit, ha- would perceivably, if you got that far, handle a situation like that, especially since it's been such a, drama point the past couple years i think you can talk about how you would handle it i think it's weird to maybe put yourself there being like i will be there so this is how i will handle it i think you'd have to say use language like if i were to ever get there 
I would like it to unfold like this. This is how I can see myself maybe one day handling the situation. It's all about how you word it, right? A little bit. Here's, okay. here's my argument. There's a little bit of awareness, social awareness needed here too. That's, I don't, that's what I mean. No, I know. Like need, yeah. But I don't believe that conversation ever needs to exist with other cast members. Okay. It's weird enough. You know, back in the day, I was very much against even talking about kissing the lead if you were a cast member with other cast members. I thought that was a little bit odd, right? Even when I was on The Bachelorette, I know yeah, the guys... Yeah, you only, talked, you, the you guys, only talked about your best friends. Yeah, you, you just don't share that stuff because it is sensitive. And as the feelings increase, it gets really hard to navigate those emotions of, I really care about this person. Maybe I love this person. And I know they're still out there dating other people. And so it just is kind of that like boundary. It's like, what awareness do you have? And who are you speaking to? And why are you sharing this with them? What are you hoping to get from this moment where you're sharing this really strong feeling with other cast members? Where do you hope this goes? Do you hope they all agree with you? Do they hope they, you rally, they rally around you? Do, they hope, do you hope they come behind you and support you and tell the women, hey, make sure that you're good because Chris is so great. You can't sleep with anybody else and you need to be with him in the end. I don't know what he was hoping from this other than just to start talking. Now, if he sat down with Rachel or Gabby and he shared with them, hey, this is kind of where I'm thinking at some point when it was appropriate, uh, I would have a really hard time. And I've already been thinking about the fantasy suites. I've already been thinking about what that's going to look like. And I'm having a hard time processing how I would handle it if I knew I cared so much about you two that, at, that you could be with somebody else. And I just need you to walk through this with me as a partner. Totally different scenario. But instead, 1, he's sharing it with the whole world. Hey, I'm going to be there to final four. And if they sleep with anybody other than me, I mean, I don't know if he said himself, but they if they sleep around uh, during the fantasy suite dates, which is up to them, then I'm out. Like, no matter what, no matter what I'm feeling, that's not my wife. I'm out. It's like, well, good, because you're going to be going home tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. you're definitely out. You're not going to even make yeah. it past the okay. first week and a half. All right, I guess you're right. I guess it's all in the way that you say it. It is strange to talk about it in a group setting. I guess sure. I'm thinking about like from like my experience, like I would sit around with like a, a club of my closest friends and like kind of imagine yeah. like if we got to a certain point, but I don't think you would ever, I would never ever. And I don't, I don't remember anybody acting as if they would be at that point Yeah, that early on. No, I mean, it's just that just felt like uh, a pretty good red flag to say, hey, it's time for you to go home, Chris. This is no longer for you. This isn't going to be for you. And so you're out. Now, the interesting part is they do send Chris home. They both talk to him. I think they handled it really well. They're both pretty fired up. Uh, I could tell it was one of those moments where they're like, no, you aren't going to step on our parade. And uh, then he comes back. Yeah, that was freaking weird and i loved the way it was shot give uh, us more behind the, guy, the scenes all the guys you see the cameras it was dramatic i love it when they break the fourth wall like that i wish they would do it more often yeah i feel bad uh for like i won't say his name but one of the audio engineers is like standing there and he's like working on stuff and then all of a sudden you see him like have to move out of the way for chris he kind of gets hit and he looks up and he's like oh crap and then he sees the camera like on him and he has to like dodge behind somebody um but what a great scene i mean all 300 of the dudes from this season are standing there <laughs> watching this thing play out i uh i want to know what chris was thinking 
I think we should have him on because I want to know what he was hoping to get out of that moment other than just to find out that, yes, many people from the house shared that you were saying this and that like not a lot of people were in agreement with you. I wonder if he just couldn't come to terms with the fact that maybe he was wrong. Uh, maybe his thought process wasn't as great as he thought it could be or thought it was going to come off. But Chris is home, going home now. The, the leads, Rachel and Gabby, uh, stand up to him, say, get out of here. You don't belong here. And then we move into uh, a rose ceremony. A rose ceremony that uh, I don't think had a lot of shocking exits, really. Uh, I don't think there's anything from that to mention. Do you have anything? Absolutely nothing to mention to the point where I even forget them saying goodbye to the guys. I don't think they ever did. Uh, it was very okay. <laughs> yeah, it was very quick. Like, they kind of said, hey, say, say your goodbyes. They showed the dudes kind of hugging oh, out. Oh, yeah. Well, I was actually shocked that Ryan got eliminated, not because I saw a great romance about to form with one of the girls with him, but just because they showed a lot of him on night one. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i surprised, too. So here's the guys that went home. Ryan, Matt, John, Brandon, and Colin. Good luck if you know any of those people or if you could put a face to the name at this point in the season. But Ryan, Matt, John, Brandon, and Colin are going home. That leaves us Jason, Avon, Eric, Zach, Jordan, Quincy, Michael, Tino, Jacob, Tyler, Termaine, Hayden, Meatball, poor guy, Kirk, Spencer, Alec, Ethan, Mario, left uh, to continue as this well journey. as Logan, Nate and Johnny, you all yeah. had roses going into that ceremony. Yep. The really crazy, weird, 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 weird part. And I was trying to understand if I was understanding it correctly. I was like, wait a second. Am I getting this right? Is this Mario? The same Mario from last week? The Mario that both of them seemed into in this episode? Why'd they wait to the last rose for him? No, there's was so it much. a matter of who was the one that was actually handing the rose? Because they were saying the roses come from both girls equally. You know, we are we collectively as a pair are extending you this rose. Here's but, my eh, come on now, right? Rachel was handing Tino the rose. It seemed to have some sort of meaning behind who was actually doing the handing. Well, I think it hints to uh, a storyline that we should follow for the rest of the season, which is going to be yeah. that Mario is uh, probably um, your representative A of what this is going to look like when things get a little messy. And both people are going to be into Mario. Mario is going to yeah. be bo into both of them. They're gonna all going to try to figure it out. They probably uh, won't know how to do it perfectly ever, but somehow this will be a storyline now that we follow because I think him getting the last rose and I think how the rose is passed out is just hinting, foreshadowing, uh, if I say so, uh, for what is to come in the future, which will be interesting to watch. We all knew it was going to happen at some point. Uh, Ashley, that was a crazy breakdown. A lot uh, to talk about, but we have a lot of uh, headlines. We're going to get to a few of them today. We'll get to a few others next week. Uh, so let's take a break and come back with Bachelor Headlines. <laughs> What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try swaddlers with the new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about using your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service that you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Let's talk about something we all can relate to, hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns, ugh. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long, it, ugh, no, ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. And really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving. Like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. 
The scents are just amazing. And when I say that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. It's time for Bachelor Headlines with our... Expert, Ashley I. Kennedy. Oh, I'm an expert. You are an expert. Here we go. First one is this. Ivan Hall seemingly trolls Deandra over Nate dating speculation. This has a whole video. So like the proof is in the pudding. Ashley, what's it all about? Okay. For those who don't know, there's like some speculation that Deandra might be having something going on romantically with Nate. Michelle's ex. They were spotted at his 28th birthday party earlier this month, and she appeared to be wearing um, his chain necklace. And it was also the same weekend that Michelle blocked or unfollowed Nate. Um, and then Ivan and Deandra did a little Q and Q and A, a little Instagram live together, and he. Um, asked he asked her to describe uh, her type and the and then um she said something like she was like i don't know nate or or something that's what she said like probably like nate or something and then ivan was like shocked and said who um and they laughed and she said, I'm kidding. You know, how do I say this? Guys who have a bit more swag, I feel like me, um, like a pro athlete, you know, guys with a little more swag, guys who are into fashion. Yeah, there's some hinting now at uh, at this thing being a thing. It's been rumored for a bit. We don't have any clear uh, knowledge that they are dating or hanging out, but we've seen video now of them together. We have this interview to pull back on, if you remember when we interviewed oh, Deandra, uh, she had mentioned that Ivan is one of her closest friends. Uh, so we're going to watch this as it plays out because it's going to get uh, going to be a story to follow. And if they ever come out publicly, I think, hmm, I don't know. I think it could be hard for many people. Now, if they're happy, what you know, they're dating, they're figuring out, but it, it could be hard for many people. And it, and it maybe hints to some of Michelle's emotions during our uh, crossover episode with them, where she seemed still trying to process what had just happened uh, during this Do you see event. my jaw? <laughs> it's dropped. It's dropped. All right. I can't believe that. I know. I know we got we to gotta go through these quick, but I just need to know. Well, what was she thinking saying his name directly like that? Like, what? Okay, bye. Moving on. Moving on. Next story is this. It's one that has been all across uh, Twitter and social media this last week. I don't really understand it. So, Ashley, I'll need you here to explain it to me. 
It here's the headline: Joe, Natasha, and Tia weigh in on the Nick Vile and Katie Thurston drama. Plus, thoughts on Slusgate. I I don't know what Slusgate is. I've seen. I think I understand the Nick Vile and Katie Thurston drama just from what I've been able to pick up on. But it's been everywhere. What's going now, on? Can you explain this? Because I don't even understand this. Like Nick has a text that said that. Katie was going to pick Blake all along so that everything with Greg was an over-exaggeration and she shouldn't have freaked out the way she did because she knew she was going to pick Blake all along. And then, like, Nick revealed this. And then Katie said, like, Nick is blocked on my phone for a reason. Am I getting this right? You're getting it right. There is an element here where we have written down where Blake Hortzman's then has came out against Nick saying that he's a hypocrite because Nick is sharing texts on his podcast and he was mad at Blake for sharing texts about Kalen back in the day, uh, you know, from Paradise. And so then it kind of spiraled, I would say, into uh, kind of the Team Nick or Team Katie and Blake uh, sides. And people started to get upset. And then Natasha, Joe, and Tia weighed in on this whole situation. And it sounds like they took Nick's side, and people didn't like that because they said they're company people, at least according to this. And so everybody's up in arms. Uh, Some people are on Team Nick. Some people are on Team Katie. But it feels like there is just a lot. This is what it feels like to me, because I don't think we'll ever make sense of this whole thing. I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of where all this is coming from. What it feels like to me is we're getting a glimpse, like a very top level glimpse of a lot of uh, uh, controversy and probably upset feelings that have happened behind the scenes now for the last year. And now we're just getting like a taste of some stuff coming out. Okay, so let's talk about Sluicegate. And it is sort of, sort of related because Katie is saying that she has a whole bunch of tea and she's spilling it. One of those tea hot items <laughs> is that she has this photo of Hannah Ann Sluice um, on a cart down in the resort in uh, Palm Springs in which Tasha and Claire's season mm-hmm. was taken. And it was supposedly taken that same summer. I think... The reference here or the tea that she's trying to mildly spill is that Hannah Ann may have been in the running to take over Claire's spot instead of Tasha, And it was all like made that those decisions were made like there in the moment. I don't know if anybody even knows if that was truly Katie's intention, but I'm pretty sure that's what Sleuthgate mm. Is about. Well, I will say this to make sense of all of this now to kind of summarize it. They have multiple people pick for leads each season. Now, they might have a favorite, but sometimes negotiation on pay and all that goes up until the very last minute. And so they always have like a backup option uh, around and there. I mean, until the bachelor or bachelorette is announced, then there are some like plan B and C's. And so maybe. Hannah Ann was like a plan B and Tasha was plan A and they brought Hannah Ann in just in case Tasha couldn't make it. Or maybe back then she had COVID and wouldn't be able to film. And so they had to have some other options available. I don't know. I'm just assuming that if she was there, yeah, she was probably in the running. Like, is that shocking? No, no Hannah Ann was really of course not. in the running. Yeah, she was of course in the running. Okay. The Nick situation with Katie Thurston sounds like the two of them 
uh, ha, you know, are at odds. And it sounds like for whatever reason, Katie has blocked Nick and it sounds like blo- Nick is upset with Katie. And so the two of them have came out publicly now and did this on social media. And then clickbait came out and shared their opinions on the matter. I think most of Bachelor Nation feels like they took Nick's side uh, during this. And so some are upset about that. Some are not upset about that. But here is to come down to it, no matter what your opinion is, Katie and Nick have now came out publicly on social media um, that, that, you know, they're in a tissel or a, they're, they're upset with each other. And so that's just something to follow. Of course, when we break down Bachelor headlines, that is a headline to be followed. Uh, and maybe we'll learn more. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just go away. Who knows? But you know what should happen? Nick what? should have Katie on the podcast. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that feels like it just benefits Nick. We'll we'll see how this unfolds, but I can see that uh, Katie probably won't agree to it. But you know, yeah. that would be uh, an episode that all the Bachelor diehards would be listening to. I I agree. That's why I said I think it would just really benefit Nick. Well, you spoke <laughs> about this earlier. Uh, Caitlin Bristow reacts to the Bachelorette having two leads. Why are we doing this again? Now we heard Caitlin Bristow come out a few uh, months ago when they announced that we have two leads, and she was upset about it. Then, then Caitlin comes out and says. Um, effing hates watching two bachelorettes. I cannot believe they are doing this. Uh, so she is publicly saying that she is very upset. The former bachelorette and former host of the bachelorette is now publicly saying she is upset once again, while the season is airing. Okay. So she's saying that she's watching and she's like, why are we doing this again? Um, but she's remaining, trying to remain optimistic uh, she thought that they both deserved their own season. I don't think we can do that every time. You know, we got that with Michelle and Katie. We, we can't do that every time. Um, she said, I do love that they have a solid friendship. They can lean on each other and go through this together. But they're not setting them up for success by um, saying you're all dating the same guys. And she also said, I um, am hoping there is, of course, no drama. But there's going to be drama. And I just hope it works out for both of them in the end. And then, they, so that was her watching last week. And then this week... She's less optimistic, I'd say. She goes, I fucking hate this. Am I being dramatic? I can't believe they're doing this to these women and to these men. Um, it really feels like these guys are just having friendly small talk. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what she said. Um, she said it on... Yeah, she tweeted it last night. Yeah, she's been tweeting about it. Uh, speaking of last night, the ratings are in. Here is uh, the article I'm reading according to Programming Insider. It says this, even the diluted, the Bachelorette is enough to top the evening in adults 18 to 49. It's a very important demo for the show uh, with a 0.6 rating, um, but it only managed to attract 2.8 million viewers, which is about what it had last week. This 2.8 million viewers trailed CBS's repeat lineup, which is not good. CBS's re- repeats uh, had more viewership than uh, the Bachelorette. CBS had 3.04 million viewers um, and a deteriorating show that I love, but I know it's not going to be around much longer on NBC called American Ninja Warrior, which aired had 2.5 million viewers. So in terms of uh, the whole shebang, The Bachelorette placed second or ABC placed second with 2.8 million. CBS was in first. Uh, It's a big deal to see how this plays out. Now, I, I believe we... Three, four, we'll get better ratings. Uh, we hope. Um, 
But 2.8 million viewers is still not a ton. As we mentioned last week, that's still down from last season's viewership. So there you go. Take it for what you will. Hey, Ashley, uh, big podcast. We're going to have an episode with Cam Ayala coming up uh, about his uh, surgery, recent surgery where he got his leg amputated due to his struggle with lymphedema. That's going to be one to listen to, I'm telling you. Uh, you learn a lot, uh, hear a lot, and uh, hear about where he's at in life. It's it's definitely worth tuning in. But until next time, till next week, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Bye. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.